0: This week on the Pushball Loads Podcast, we are throwing evidence-based out the window and going completely anecdotal. Three,
1: two, one,
0: busy, 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 Dan.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself dammy And me, Tom Hall. What's going on, bud? Yeah, I'm alright, mate. Not too bad. <laughs> Hungry. But you know, it's life, isn't it? It's just life. Absolutely. As he life. says opening a yeah. as he says, opening a kind of Lil Zero. <laughs> yeah. Lil,
0: Lil That's Christ.
1: Mate, Lil Zero is incredible. Along with Phantom Fruit Twist, Zero's got to be one of the two best low calorie drinks you can you can get yeah, um, but I yeah it, the struggle is real at the moment it's just uh yeah as i said to you before we started recording all i want to do is just eat biscuits today like i just <laughs> one of those days like i don't know what it is today it just it's hit me See, a little bit but um Dan's yeah, it, turning into yeah just a having like a,
0: a little crisis wants to just watch like love actually and uh, just right. sit there
1: sit there with so, no? Let's not go too far. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice no, and uh, so yeah, fly out to. um Where you to Qatar on Qatar. Thursday. Yeah, Yeah, so that's on Thursday evening because I'm coming to see you beforehand. I know, right? So yeah, special me. I might. I know. I think we might have to have a burger, mate. Yeah. Uh, just, to, just to really blow the cobwebs out before we, um, before I go away. So yeah, I think I'm going to. Um, I'm just going to have a bit of a diet break when I'm away. I think. I think I'm just going to relax i'm not a huge massive overeater anyway at the best of times so i can kind of control things um so i think it's it's what i need and then maybe when i get back i've got three and a half weeks to to get a bit strict again but i think that's also why it's tough because i've been a bit strict on myself before i go thinking "Oh, i'm gonna have a little bit of time when i'm there to kind of relax so i thought i better do more now which has made it harder obviously so there's always that fine line isn't there between like a calorie deficit and then too much of a calorie deficit that makes you then want to just eat everything that you can see so Pretty yeah much interesting <laughs>
0: <laughs> but anyway we're going to be a burger joint on thursday night in london so don't know which mm. one yet we're thinking either burger and beyond or bleaker um yeah,
1: yeah. it's gonna be, be no chips and no milkshake probably just the day. <laughs> come um, find us
0: um yeah, yeah that'll be fun but yeah thursday evening be cool but yeah, it's been pretty busy. Dan's up stepped up his uh, Instagram gain in the exact correlation that I've basically stopped mine because uh, I've been too busy. Um, literally, you can tell. Um, I didn't even post any stories today. I don't think.
1: Yeah, I've I done a bit p- slack on the stories yeah. again. That's, that's something that requires a bit more energy and a bit more sort of enthusiasm. Yeah, uh, I which I'm lacking that, yeah. severely. at the <laughs> moment. So, um, but no, the the yeah the posts are going well. Like you say, I've just sort of taken a a bit of time to to put into it and yeah, hopefully people are liking the content and want some nice feedback. So yeah, it's always good. Like, you know, get involved in the comments, guys, you know, comment along to any of the posts. If you agree, disagree, you want to have some banter. It's just, yeah, I think a lot more people are spending a bit more time there now. So, you know, I think it's just a good place to share information and, you know, if you do listen to the podcast and, you know, want to support us, you know, commenting on Instagram posts and liking them and sharing them and whatever is always, is always a good way of, of helping us out a little bit. Um, so yeah it makes a huge difference
0: <laughs> yeah it does i also saved some of dan's posts because i was waiting to ridicule him but i can't actually have been so busy i can't remember what i was going to ridicule him about so i will
1: at some point yeah. i'll remember probably it's probably the little um i, I did a little bit muji of my character
0: oh um, yeah i was the to do, so yeah yeah it's yeah. just like i've already had like
1: tom mans has already messaged me and it was like i'm quite enjoying your little bold character uh, um from the Bitmoji and I was like cheers mate thanks Yeah, um, but he's got lovely blue eyes but he's just bold small guy with a arm. kind of look like um,
0: uh, if anybody else agrees the, the, little, the little guy kind of looks like Idiot Abroad
1: yeah it looks a little bit like Carp <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I look a bit like Carp I suppose so I um yeah it was quite funny doing that and uh yeah, I just did that. that interesting. Uh, yeah, that's, what, that's yeah. probably what a lot of people have been saving the flipping infograph for. <laughs> I, <was> thinking, <laughs> oh, I, had people, I had a load of people save quite a few of them um, you know, to refer back to. And I think maybe people are just doing it to ridicule me or take the piss <laughs> instead of actually <laughs> for the information on it. Yeah. That surprised me.
0: Way more, yeah, more than likely, mate. Um, in other news, I'm hooked on Knocko right now. I realise I'm a little bit late today, Yeah like, but hang on a minute like... You're picking
1: the worst Fucking No I'm not I'm not Because, I'm not, because the one I love picking...
0: elderflower I But it's got no caffeine in I know It's got no caffeine in I drink way too much coffee That's why I'm like oh I'm God, very so. conscious of it And I was just like Nah I have no Fuck it
1: So you're spending two quid For BCAAs Five What's grams it? of them Two quid Eat Nothing well, How much do they cost? I don't
0: know Per case
1: Oh you buy it by the case do you? Yeah it's quite tasty. Oh, okay. It's quite nice. Sorry, sorry, money bags. This was just buy me uh, a single cat. <laughs> Definitely dead not. Now. Also,
0: I bought uh, a box of protein bars. Down, which one did I buy? Number one on your list. Oh, blondie brownies. Blondie brownies. Bam, straight in. They're good, though, aren't they? Yeah, they're good. Yeah, yeah. I actually listened to your advice, weirdly. Um, but yeah, that's good. Wait, you
1: should do it more often. You, <laughs> you find list out of that. No, I'm not. I'm not listening to your full body programming. Fuck off. Oh mate, it's quality for a Um but yeah, the uh the knockout the, the I to be fair I did try it the other day, the elderflower one. And it is nice if you do like elderflower. I love the elderflower. It's too much money, it's two pounds for a fizzy elderflower drink. You can you can get something better than that. Um and the tropical one is better and it's got caffeine in. So that's the winner. Get my BCAAs it's, in, right? That's good. It's a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, definitely, mate. You know, anecdotally, that is the one thing you want to get (laughs) all the time. Um, But to be honest, if I had the choice between an elderflower knockout or a cinnamon bun, is anyone winner?
0: If you had the calories between an elderflower knockout or a cinnamon bun? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the other question right now, right? Because believe it or not, Dan, I'm also on limited calories. I can fit in a cinnamon bun, though, mate. I'm on.
1: Say so your limited calories is three and a half thousand mate so no, it's not... no, i'm on
0: 2950 right now oh is that it is it yeah, two nine yeah. fifty? oh wow okay it's absolutely yeah, yeah.
1: mad basically i just had to
0: offset what happened at mother's day basically so i cut it down slightly um <laughs> easily controlled i only got about 300 left today i was annoyed so girlfriend decided to do spag bol as a as a diet saving uh Choice of meal tonight was not, and fifteen percent back fat on the on the mince.
1: You don't, you don't, well, mate. F- all, you need is, all you need is courgette, and you're fine.
0: <laughs> it was spaghetti, all right. Um, but we should probably go onto our topics, mate. In terms of, uh, you know, we need to talk about fitness. We haven't brushed upon it yet, or health, or nutrition, or. Stuff that people seek advice from us um, instead of just being a radio show. I guess it is a radio show. One of my clients actually listens, my in-person clients listened the other day. She was like, I listened to one of your podcast things. I was like, oh, thanks. Good. Well done. And she was like, I I actually laughed. I was like, good. (laughs) I was like, like, good. I I didn't get all the way through it. That is the <laughs> biggest compliment she could have paid both of us. <laughs> it's like, I, she I was, actually find it mildly she, amusing. She was, listening, um, she was like, it's like it was like a radio show. I was like, that is pretty much what the podcast is. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're gonna talk a little bit of I guess training nutrition. But we're gonna we're gonna go a bit off piste. Um I think we we pride ourselves in being hashtag evidence based, but it gets beaten around a lot but so I think we're gonna go anecdotal evidence today dan what does that mean
1: oh yeah anecdotal evidence it means that it worked for me so that means it's (laughs) true true for everyone else (laughs) or it means that we've done something over and over again and we just found it works whether science tells us it works or not it doesn't really matter to us because we've seen it that often and we've done it that many times with clients or whatever with ourselves that we believe it to be a useful way of doing things um disclaimer though disclaimer though we are aware that there could be science that could suggest the opposite. I know, or, uh, I know. I'm there 100% is an right.
0: absolute hypocrite, and I've already got a study up.
1: <laughs> yeah. Going, this is something that's going to back
0: up my point. But yeah, I just can't get away from it. But yeah, there will be other stuff that we'll talk about. Um, yeah, that's just purely anecdotal. That Dan's
1: And Dan will be absolutely wrong about it. That's, any, that's the wonderful thing. No. For example, pure anecdote, Blondie Brownie PhD smart bars, the best tasting protein bars. But apparently, <laughs> so many people got their knickers in a twist about it. Uh, it, I was incorrect, apparently, but that's anecdote. Is <laughs> I'm, I say they're the best flavour. Now there's no science to prove either way. It's your opinion, right? right. And anecdotes a little bit like that, really. Just, just um, like
0: my my BCA supplements that I'm having right now.
1: So. Yeah, that's yeah, that's just an anecdote, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely
0: vital to have them intra-workout. Absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. I've seen Boxy chug some uh, BCAs, hell of a lot.
1: Oh mate, he loves he, them.
0: He absolutely loves them. Yeah, just kind of chucking them in full tablet. Matt,
1: placebo. <laughs> All
0: right. Um, so, so Dan raised the question to me. So, if we were to, this, we can split this up into training and nutrition, as we normally do on this sh- on the show, right? Um, we can yeah. go. So, you raised um, a point about basically uh, how we train and intensity of training. Um, so, we put basically a little title there: RPE versus training to failure versus training by numbers, and what's best when to do what, mm. why would you do any of them, um, and what each of them are. So do you want to take RPE? Take RPE, man.
1: Tell me, yeah, tell, me, so, tell me about RPE. Paint me a R- word picture. RPE, RPE is the um, rating of perceived exertion. So it's kind of like a score you give to an exercise based on how hard it is, and it's usually out of 10. So, for example, you do a set of squats. So you did 100 kilos for three sets of 10. You'd go, that was an RPE of nine. Like, that was pretty tough, nine. That's pretty hard. Um, And you basically periodize your training around those sorts of numbers. So if one week you have a week where everything feels like a nine or a 10, then you're probably at a position where you might have to then think about the week after backing off a little bit you maybe do a deload if things are starting to get really tough especially if it's a a weight you've lifted before for that number of reps that before you found an rpe at you know seven out of ten for example um so you can kind of start seeing the accumulation of fatigue and how you're feeling and you can then base those numbers and you can go right i need to deload now or i need to make this exercise more difficult because again if you're every week you're rocking up to squats and it's seven out of ten seven out of ten seven out of ten then you, you can put more weight on the bar and you can make it more difficult for yourself so it can work both ways from that point of view um so that's kind of like RPE is a rough thing, but um it there are some exercises you just wouldn't use it for. It's just ridiculous. Like so you do it for your main compound lifts. You wouldn't do it for something like dumbbell lateral raises, for example. <laughs> how how are you gonna how are you like, oh yeah, it's an eight and a half out of ten, nine out of ten. well, well what's the difference between that and an eight or that and a nine and a half like it's not you know there's that there's not that much load like your technique can go a little bit and you can still kind of do reps with it you can make it a little bit easier mechanically by bringing your arms in slightly like there's so many different things you can do that's going to make it a little bit easier or harder that it's just same like leg extensions like well you can't there's no point like you're just going to do three tens and it's like it's either you can either do more or less and it's not really going to affect your fatigue a huge amount that's going to affect your recovery for the next session whereas back squats at three tens of hundred kilos probably will um so it's about making sure you you kind of select the right exercise when you're looking at a scale like that um yeah but yeah that's that's basically it
0: that's rp mate um well done um so the next scale i guess we'd use is training to failure or reps to failure i guess they come in the same category um i'm gonna put in the same category right now um but it is a legit scale to use i think this is the one that you don't really learn about in PT school. Um, This is something that you would definitely learn about if you trained with Team Box, um, as it is a scale that they use fairly frequently, not the RPE scale. So essentially, training to failure is exactly that. So you would train, hopefully, to muscular failure. Um, I'm hoping they don't just train... Or technical failure. Or technical failure. So... Yeah, if it was like biomechanical yeah. failure, it would
1: be like awful. That's um, just breaking, breaking. This like with a, with a, like with a deadlift. Like I can be one rep, one rep to failure from technical failure, and I can be about four reps from actual failure because I can just put my back up, I can yeah. just pick it up. But it's about making sure you do it in the right way because you're trying to use the right muscles essentially, and
0: then, yeah, so, but then you can back off, right, so, if you kind of got a good gauge of where your failure point is, you can basically just, you're like, actually, I think I've got one left in the tank, that'll be, basically training, training to failure, but minus one, so you're minus one on your failure scale, cool, and then you can do minus two, minus three, minus four, if you really want to, if you kind of know, but that's probably as far as you can go, because I don't think many of us can be like, yeah, I definitely had
1: four more in me, like,
0: Mm, well that's that's really hard to gauge uh,
1: yeah the thing that we i mean i do it most of the time with clients and i'll say look for every exercise you're looking to take it one rep from failure like you should be getting to that point where you're like sat there and you're like if you had to now you have a gun to your head you could do one more kind of thing um that's when you kind of go right i've done my set and then on a deload you might do three reps from failure you know, it's kind of that point it gets to where you kind of start going, shit, this is getting pretty tough. And then in a the dealer, that's where you go, okay, I'm going to kind of stop. Um, and it takes quite an advanced trainer or quite a knowledgeable um, trainer to be able to know where that point is for them. So, And you have to have been to failure, like you have to know where your limit is. Otherwise you can't then judge how how many reps the way you are from that. Um, that's the biggest problem with the reps to failure scheme is not knowing your failure and there's actually been research recently showing that um i think mike highlighted it to me um it was michael steve one of them um i think it was mike and they took it um they took a they took a a group of people and they put them on a uh, squat and they said oh pick your 10 rep max number uh for the weight and then do as many reps as you can for it and like most of them on average did like an extra two or three but some did as many as double, I think it was, or they did like 17, 18 or something. Um, and it just goes to show you that some people just don't know where their where their limits are. Um, and that's a really important thing to remember when it comes to reps to failure is you have to be able to, to gauge where failure is for you. Otherwise, yep. it's pretty useless.
0: Right, and that leads us on to basically training by numbers or training to percentage, which is something that I kind of do so i have stuff like called open sets which is more like reps the failure scale i guess just do as much as you can and kind of leave it in the tank but um then there's more percentage based stuff so that i start to use a hell of a lot more Um, and you'll use like a rep percentage chart which if you've got a decent like chart you can google that just google rep percentage chart and there'll be loads of stuff that comes up um you bases it off your one RM or five RM or ten RM, which is always the 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 pure bants when I get given a uh, a program to assess and somebody would, which will write, which is from PT level three, they'll write, all right, yeah, this is going to be seventy percent of your one RM on your lateral raise. All right, cool, cool, sweet. All right, so uh, that that would mm-hmm. obtain us knowing your one RM for your lateral raise, which is an impossible task essentially because you would never 1RM test that. Um, which is, if you think back to your PT level three, I'm sure a lot of people have done it um, and realized, oh yeah, shit, why, why the hell would you 1RM test that? Or a bicep curl, or a tricep extension, or anything, a dumbbell press, really how are you going to, like, you've got to have somebody give you the dumbbells number one, so you have to have a spotter, which um, very interesting, um, but anyway, I digress, um, you can base it off that, and you can give a percentage of what you're meant to be able to do, but also, on some of the scales, they'll give, like, max exertion, near max exertion, so you should have, like, like you're saying, your reps to failure scale, exactly the same it should be, but you can work out percentage of what it should be. So, say you are doing a set of ten, you should be able to hit seventy-five percent of your basically max for ten reps if you're doing max exertion. So, if you wanted to leave two to three reps short, you would be doing about seventy-three to seventy-one percent of your one RM. So that's the kind of scale that we can use. Um, obviously, you want repeatability within the set, so you'd obviously do that if you're doing a set. You're not going to give somebody, all right, you've got three sets of 10, you're doing 75% of your RM. Um, no, that's not possible, because you've just maxed them out, basically. That's your 10 RM that you've just done. Cool. So it's very, you have to be able to manipulate the numbers and go through there. So if you're not particularly mathematically minded maybe or it confuses you a little bit I wouldn't use it um, it does get a little bit special um, when you're looking at that stuff but I would say only use it with compound lifts that is it Yeah. Uh, don't bother using it with any of the other stuff maybe because and honestly the number of my clients that I've said I don't care about your weights that you're lifting on some of your other exercises I should be a millionaire Yeah. <laughs> which is
1: interesting yeah I think that's the thing people don't People assume that it's really important on all the exercises. So, like when we track someone's training as an online coach, when I track their training on their training log and work out their volume load, they might have seven exercises down for the day, but there's only then three or four that I ask them to log, and they're always a bit like, "Oh, why are the others?" And I'm like, I don't really care; I like, just do them. <laughs> um, and again, I think it's if if you were to take anything from this and do the bare minimum, I would say take your first three lifts of each day give an rpe score out of 10 of how hard you found it and over time you'll start seeing trends and you'll start seeing days you found it tough or days you found it hard if you have data you'll look back and go oh yeah look last couple of weeks i've not really been eating that much carbs i'm not eating that much food no wonder i feel like this shit or i've not been sleeping great or there's a lot of stress going on that's it usually correlates quite nicely to when you find hard sessions and sometimes you have those sessions where you feel like there's no progress being made ever, and you just kind of go, oh, this is so shit, I'm going to give up. And actually, if you look back at everything that's been going on, you might have had a really stressful time at work, you might not have eaten that much, you might have drank a bit too much, whatever, and all of a sudden, it all makes sense, and then you don't beat yourself up too much about it. Um, So I think for most people, that's a pretty good way of, of going about it.
0: So to like literally I'm gonna blow smoke down up Dan's arse right now and anecdotally, um what has happened to me over the last week, I've probably had the most work I've had in about four or five years. Um, and I dollar. dollar, dollar. <laughs> I realize I haven't uh I hadn't deloaded in about, I know, realize me, coach, um, because I've been not really training like squatting or deadlifting properly, I've been like, oh, I don't need to deload, I'll be like, damn. Um, but I had been you like doing five by fives on stuff um, and training reasonably hard up in body, but I hadn't deloaded in about probably two phases, and then guess what, I started sleeping, like I started just fucking sleeping the whole time. And then one of the sessions, I couldn't hit my numbers at all. And I was like, this is way off. I was like, where am I? Four weeks ago, I was here. And then I was like, shit, I haven't deloaded. Um, Because I knew of my perceived exertion scale would have been fucking, this is 10. I cannot push this. Why is this so high? Um, Yeah, then guess what I'm doing this week? I sat on a watt bike for 20 minutes at about 200, 220 watts. And then that's it. That is literally it, all I did today. <gasps> Shock! Shocker! Yeah, because I realised I probably need to back off. Um, yeah, but usually I'm pretty regimented well, yeah. on that. But And it's usually me, if you listen back to a lot of the upper episodes of the uh, PPL, um, it's usually me ranting at you, Dan, for not fucking having a, a deload, which is very, very odd for me. Uh, yeah,
1: I think I... Well, maybe I've listened, mate. But, um, yeah, this, this kind of dieting phase, I have been really kind of like chilled with my training. Like there's some weeks I've only been able to get to the gym two or three times. Um, and I've not really like been that bothered and it's been really helpful because I haven't pushed myself to the absolute limit every training session because I'm in a calorie deficit and it's, it's quite tough. Like, and it's been really helpful to kind of go, no, I'm just going to get my steps up. I'm just going to hit my calories, hit my protein. I'll be fine. Like nothing crazy is going to happen and nothing crazy has happened. Um, so it's been quite nice to have those weeks where I have been a bit wiped out and I've gone, you know what, I'm just going to take a deal this week. I'm not really going to care a huge amount. I'm not going to train balls to the wall. Um, um, And for me, it's a case of like going into an off season now, I'm going to utilize something like that a bit more during that phase rather than stressing too much about it now. Uh, I'll definitely, I think, use sort of a more RPE based scale uh, in off season to make sure that I'm doing the right thing. Um, I think sometimes with deloads what happens is you don't think you need one, you keep going, three weeks later you fucking have to take one and you're actually better off taking it when you should take it, I had this discussion with a client the other day and I just said look, just take it like just, I know it. you don't feel like you need it but that's kind of also probably the right time to take a deload um, you don't usually feel like you need it because um, at times you have to take one and never, it's never a nice feeling No, nope. um, at all It's not great. We do do it. All of us do it. And then I think it was consistently
0: when I was training with Dan. uh, I think anybody listens to the previous episodes was uh, I used to get ill (laughs) basically and just from pushing a little bit hard and then being a bit depleted. But yeah, I thought that was the case. I used to get ill. Then I'd forcibly take a deload because I couldn't train because I was ill. So bad, right? Um, So what would you say? So I guess anecdotally what is best science? What is best?
1: Um,
0: is there a best one? Man, It depends. If you don't say it depends, I'm leaving the show.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's (laughs) tempting. Just to not say anything. Mm. Um, yeah, obviously it, it depends on, um, the person's skill level, I suppose, and ability to know their, their failure. But, um, I'll be honest. I think for most newbies, they have no clue. Like you should just train balls to the wall for most of them because you don't really have an idea. You should be using maybe more machine-based stuff anyway. To you know, for the end at the end of workouts to push yourself so it's safe so you can really push that limit. Um, in your first year of training, like you're not really going to get burnt out. Like you're not just you're not going to hit those numbers. You're not going to find that that load that's really going to fry you. Um, as soon as you get a bit more advanced, that you're going to need to be more aware about it. I think,
0: yeah, I'd say so, as well. And especially when, um, and so even as you get more advanced and the, the numbers get bigger, so that's when like training by numbers becomes a little bit more because the percentages will relate to larger and bigger in, like drops of load, so you'll be able to handle it. And basically, there's no- also
1: as well if if you know if you're training clients and you're seeing them twice a week like they don't need a deload, like just, they, they don't like, <laughs> no, no. And you know, if you're training two or three times a week and you're doing, you know, you know, you're not doing a ball's to full body program. You don't need a Probably a deload. Like, and I think most people in their first, you know, again, by the book, Oh, Oh, this is your fourth week now training with me. So we should uh, have a deload. Well, hang on a minute. Like he's trained three times since, you know, <laughs> since he started, like he doesn't need a deload, mate, just carry on. Um, so yeah, that's the other thing to think about.
0: So, yeah, I think from, uh, I guess, our perspective, maybe my perspective, I'll go through RPE scales. I find very hard to judge uh, personally, so I don't tend to use them when I'm training myself or training my clients. Um, obviously, I'm the only one that maybe has complete trust in what I can do or what they're do- somebody is doing, and I still don't trust myself. Um, I don't know what a, an 8 to a 9 is or an 8.5 to a 9 is. I used to get confused when Clarkie were writing that for me. I'm like, I don't get it, mate. Like, just write my numbers in, and or just tell me to hit ten, and I'll do that. That's fine. Mm. Um, I don't, I, I, can't handle the. Oh, you yeah, just back off slightly. What? I, I don't really get what that means. Um, sometimes when I'm training, train to failure. I know what that means. Dan's witnessed me fail, um, and I've. Posted about failing before. That's fine. Um, and training right reps to failure, I can. I know when I'm gonna fail. Um, essentially, so I can keep one rep in, or he keep half a rep in, that kind of thing. So I know I will probably fail on the next rep. I know when that's gonna happen when I'm at a really high intensity and a really high exhaustion rate. Um, I find it a little bit harder if i'm not, if I'm probably backing off a little bit so maybe what's meant to be a five or six out of ten, I would not be able to convert that into a reps to failure scale because I'd be like well I can I, don't know, I can do eight more. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing if you're doing eight more then you're not training hard enough um, so and then I guess the, I will always er on the side of just because how I program and how I end up doing a lot of stuff and it's a lot of strength based stuff. Um, I like numbers in front of me I like figures I like targets that I'm going to hit whether that be you've got to hit this number of reps at this weight or you're just trying to hit this rate. like just hit it for one don't care just get it up Um, I'm not so great with the open-ended question of you've got this weight do as many reps as you can I'm like well how many am I going to do am I going to do this many what am I going to do how many did do last time so I've got to try and beat that I'm like and Tom just lift it. Fuck off! No, I don't. Uh, I need to know. I need to know my target, and then go to it. And it's really weird that kind of mental uh, kind of perception because uh, rookie Andrew, I was, I was spotting him the other day, and uh, he was he's doing he's on a five three one cycle. So, um, but he did he had ten in his head, and he hit his tenth one and went to rack the bar, and then I pushed it back. Basically, I was like, no, no, you're going again. And then he, he, pushed the la- he pushed one more out. And I was like, why the fuck were you racking? He was like, I had 10 in my head. So he, it's really weird that mental perceived. He was like, I'm going to be happy with 10. That's how much I'm meant to be progressing. I hit nine last time. But he could hit 11. It's really, really odd that your brain's going to do that because you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Cool. Let's mm. put it back. Even though that was a, a failure. He's meant to go to failure. On that set, it is AMRAP mm. as many reps as possible. Really interesting. So it's something that I've done, absolutely. I'll be like, all right, I want to know what what number I'm going to be hitting. So I'll look back at my training logs. Maybe the last time I did a 5-3-1. might be like two years ago, then um, that's probably not the greatest thing to look at. But yeah, it's interesting. But I like percentage-based stuff, training by numbers, and then training to failure or reps to failure scales. I don't like an RP scale that much. Um, I guess you're probably exactly the same, mate. As far as I can from what I know, you might have just trained far differently,
1: um without me. I think I think now I, um I think for my soft season next
0: you say so, did you call season.
1: soft season? Did you just call it a soft season? No, I said off season. Oh, right. I, well I'm calling it a soft season now. now, it's when you're all fat soft and season. <laughs> well there's that yeah, soft season. Yeah, you can call it soft season. Um is I'm gonna um I'm gonna go for a more amrap approach to things, I think. Um I think I've done the set numbers, set weight on the bar, and I think that actually doesn't lend itself well to having that auto-regulation. A little bit of training, so like I'd rather do the AMRAP and go. Okay, I'm finding this easy. I'm finding this easy. I'm finding this easy. I get to a week where I go, fuck, that was tough. Yeah. Um, and I can go right back off the next week, go again the week after, um, and start being a little bit more um, intuitive with that. You know, from that point of view of training, and there's certain lifts that I want to work on more than others. And I've done it before previously. I've had like a certain number of reps in my head, but then if you don't hit that number of reps, you feel shit. You're not hitting it. It So it's it's like like, one of the worst feelings, isn't it? You're like, I failed. At least if you go, (laughs) yeah, at least if you go AMRAP, like I know I'm not stupid enough to know that if I hit five reps for on a you know 160 deadlift. The, the next week or the week after that if i did it again i've not progressed like where some people would feel that they failed uh, they have to progress more and i'm like no if i do five again that's still good because it might be the next week i could do six or something like that but um so i think i'm going to do that sort of approach to it um i've already got one of my clients actually who's doing the program that i'm going to look to do uh, and i think i'm going to need a few months recovery before i start it because it's pretty tough um but he's doing really really well on it um really really well and again it's He's in the last cycle before he starts his prep. So it's like the last big cycle. He's got the most calories ever had. So he's in a position where he can really push himself. Um, And again, to find that kind of point of failure and to find the max load he can lift so that when it comes to starting prep, we can go, right, you were doing 160 kilo squats for five reps. I now want you to do 160 for three reps and that's going to be your marker for right that's how strong you are for the first eight weeks you know that's the intensity we keep we don't smash the volume in because it's not the time to do that um so yeah it's just about finding markers of, of success and you know what are you gonna what's the reasoning for doing it like i said to him um I think he sort of said, Oh, this is the hardest program I've done from you. And I was like, Yeah, it's also like it's also the point at which you are at the last cycle of your muscle gain phase. You've had all this time to lead up to this amount of volume. Like there's a reason, like i am not just like picked it out of thin air, like there's a reason you're doing this here and now. Uh before you start your prep. And it was like that whole thing of, yeah, I've not just thrown it at like a new client. It's a case of we've built this up over time to get to this point to try this out. Um so yeah, it's it's interesting to to know your body and know what you prefer but also sometimes to push yourself outside that comfort zone because i know that he when he looked at it was fucking dreading it and he hated the look of it but now he's doing it he's like every week he's like this is great i'm really enjoying it because um, he can see the benefit i think and he sees he's getting stronger um but yeah no it's it's it's, it's horses of a course isn't it as always
0: yeah so i think yeah so from our perspective i think we you, you found the ones that we pre- actually prefer depending on obviously I'm probably more strength based, you're probably more hypertrophy based, but well, we can definitely say that. So, um, they tend to lend towards each other. Um, and just RP is hard to gauge basically. Um, so I think it, there's a time and a place. Don't train to failure every single time because you will get absolutely blitzed. Uh, but saying that I'm going to throw some research out there because it was something that we saved for like this conversation, um, was CNS fatigue. um, and what it is, and how it comes about, and what's actually happening, um, and do you need to manage it, so we've, I think we've talked about CNS fatigue before, and we've just explained it's central nervous system fatigue, but I think, so study-wise, um, it's not your kind of mind, central nervous system, because obviously your mind's going to tell something to move, but it is my that's getting uh, basically well from heavy exercise it's that getting fatigued so it's like that system of where the well where the neural is connection is happening not like it's basically the engine getting beaten up is what the analogy they used and not basically the driver um so it's it's You and a body part getting absolutely fatigued to hell. So essentially your whole body and not basically your brain or your just central nervous system. It is a particular body part. It is a particular muscle mass that's getting training balls to the wall and killing yourself. Um, So yeah, so you shouldn't do that all the time because you're... Well, so there was a quote in here. So training balls to the wall like failure training in a big exercise greatly increases the time to recover to old strength levels. So you actually might go down a little bit possibly for a certain amount of time so obviously maybe in season off season for guys who powerlift you should pretty much never be training to failure when you're peaking um, anywhere near that stage okay so that's how it's going to be set cool then I think this covers that nutrition basically we'll just talk about what mistakes we've made I guess in like prep for our competitions mate or photo shoots
1: yeah, I think previously, I think in terms of nutrition, I've just let it get to me a bit too much. I think that's one thing. Like, I've been a bit too strict and a bit too um, calculating in terms of numbers and <laughs> Sorry, what? in terms of like <laughs> calculating like, calculating. As in, like I've, been very, I've been very sort of like were you mentally meal, calculating like, when you were saying planning everything that well. ahead, like planning all ahead and. And now I take a bit more of a relaxed kind of like, if I fancy that, I'll have it. If I don't, I don't. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, So I think it it has enabled me to be more what we might term intuitive. Um, (laughs) But again, with that, you have to have been hungry and to have been on very low calories to understand whether you are hungry or whether you really need food or if it's affecting your ability to concentrate or if it's just you're just looking for an excuse to eat more food like you have to be in tune with those feelings so like i did it the other day i was just like i need another three four hundred calories like i just can't help myself like i really need this i wasn't sat there bored going hmm, i fancy a jaffa cake or something like that i was like no i'm gonna have three four hundred grams of three three to four hundred calories um from carbs so that i feel better and then lo and behold, you know later on that week you see a weight drop and you start feeling better so it's like it's about knowing those little signals whereas before i wasn't listening to those signals or didn't know those signals that well so just kind of did things by the numbers all the time it was just like do this do this do this and now i'm a bit more if i feel like i need another 400 calories i'll take them because i'm more aware and more experienced of my body and how i deal in diets and again it's not there's no evidence for that it's just anecdotal of what i've found um so yeah it's just worth thinking about that i think yeah i think i can basically concur and
0: i basically the first competition i had obviously i fucked up my nutrition a fair bit peaking towards the event and i got a little bit panicky that i wasn't going to make weight i was going to make weight no matter what i did to be honest uh throughout that week and but i completely underrate um just panicking about oh don't wait on the scale basically my event basic based itself on weight on the scale, so I had to panic about that or focus on it. Um but I completely underrated and ended up about two and a half kilos lighter than maybe I could have been, which is quite a lot. Um so it is obviously possible to lose two and a half kilos within a week. Um but probably shouldn't have, peaking for a powerlifting max effort event. Um so hence why I was probably very tired by the end of the day. Um still a mm-hmm. PR though. only uh, in the first one though. Um But then the second time I was doing it, I did it way better, I basically got to weight, Um, I was at weight about a month early, and then I could just sit around there, looked a little bit better as well, so put on a little mild mass, Um, yeah, basically sat there for a little bit, then got injured, which was, which is shit, but I was already there, which was quite good, and then I just had to bulk, um, and just put a load of shit weight on. Which is even better Um, in terms of bulking, I guess mistakes that and stuff that it becomes intuitive when maybe you track and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I've said it before that I have to track my protein no matter what um, because I don't eat it. I have to purposely go out and buy like protein things to put in. Like, I have to be like, oh, I'm having protein yogurt this morning, I have to have that with my cereal. Otherwise, I just go to cereal and then that's my thing as I walk out the door. Um, So, that's stuff that I have to look at. So I'm sure there's guys that will complete... I've got um, one of my clients who completely fucking tanks protein and like eats it like it's going out of fashion, but struggles basically with any kind of fats. Doesn't really... Obviously, that's not a bad thing, but doesn't really eat that much fat. Um, always goes lean protein and then has a shit ton of carbs. I mean, the guy's reasonably small, but he'll be on like when he's bulking, he's like 500, 600 grams of carbs, which is quite a lot then. It's quite a lot.
1: Mm, um, I could do that right now.
0: <laughs> which is pretty tasty as well. I do. I'm like, shit, that's a lot. That's great. Um, but yeah, I think it comes, all this comes, anecdotal evidence comes with learning and basically writing things down and seeing trends as you start to go through your fitness journey. Um, I think, I think we have to take everything from with a pinch of salt. If, I mean, this is no offense, but if you're twenty, twenty-one years old, and you're telling me about kind of training age and how <laughs> how much your your training really hurts, and you're really fatigued, and all this kind of stuff, I was like, meh. You can play around. You should be fucking just packing on mass and just going for it. Absolutely, you're fine. Like you've got no worries. You're you should be nowhere near peaking. You're about pfft, ten years away from probably looking fairly fucking amazing from where you should be. Um, and that's where maybe somebody, I'm not gonna be like, oh, cool, yeah, I'll just rubbish cheeks and kind of let, tell them to scurry off home. It's just take it with a pitch of salt because they're not gonna be able to, you're not gonna be there yet. Just go on your journey, go learn about it, learn about what you like, what you like doing, and then see if there's some science backed up with it. If, there's, if you're completely wrong, then maybe try the other way, and then you might even get even better results. Um, like keto, really, I guess. Mmm keto, mmm <laughs> keto. That's what everybody does when they try keto. Just mmm, mm. absolutely fine. Um, yeah, there was an interesting post on gym environment that I just like to briefly say. Um, which, well, I found it interesting. I don't know Dan. Dan's uh, been basically told off for being too aggressive in gyms before, just kind of roaming around, shouting, and with his vests on. The gym shark, mm. absolutely. Well, When was that, Dan? Tell that story. Uh, it
1: was ages ago.
0: <laughs> Dan was even smaller than he is now back then. And he was intimidating. <laughs> exactly. I know. But anyway, um, so it was, it was interesting. So he coached Joel Sanders. He was a, uh, a kin stretch guy. Um, but it was something that was quite interesting. I thought it was, I think it's about creating an environment. I think it applies to training as well um, from a client's perspective and maybe your perspective in training you tend to train where you like right so uh, a key to success that's missing at most gyms um, is much you must care just as much about your environment i.e music high fives challenges enjoyment tips all this stuff you, as you do about movement quality and rep schemes um, i'd say even more if you actually build a gym but I'd say they're still like I. I don't really train without my music. Yeah, I say that. I resent people giving me high fives during my training or speaking to me. So that can do one. Challenges, yeah, I challenge myself. Enjoyment, I do enjoy it. Um, Dan gives me tips as I go along, or calls me a dickhead. One, two,
1: yeah. Either or, yeah. either
0: or, mate. So I agree. In as an environment for a gym. That's basically what Crawford has done, really. Yeah. Honest. <laughs> Just everyone's a big tick for CrossFits, uh, but they realize that CrossFit, don't they? Uh... Oh, true story. Um, this could be stupid things, actually. Um, so there was... I got told by somebody who did a CrossFit Level 1 uh, course, so Level 1 coach. Um, I'm not dissing CrossFit, but I kind of... Um, for programming. Well, I, I do programming workshops, Dan. And uh, mm-hmm. so for the programming... They put a load of like balls and stuff and um, exercises on like a piece of paper within a lottery wheel,
1: turned mm, it yeah. around
0: and then picked shit out. And then that was their programming. True or false?
1: Uh, unfortunately, true. Stupid unfortunately, things in real life. It is
0: true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was programming on a coaching course. Um, we regimented. After what we talked about, it's kind of a (laughs) reps to failure scales, training by numbers. Yeah, all wonderful. And then that. Yeah, pull a pull a ball out of a. a (laughs) Just do the lottery. lottery. It's fine. Um, It's much like the. uh, You see those memes of like, oh yeah, this is your workout today. Spell your name, and then there's different workouts over there. Basically, mine for a CrossFit one was like T 40 burpees. O 60 burpees i was like brilliant okay so i'm doing the burpees burpees the rest of my life wonderful um <laughs> that's how some of it programs which i hate i hate that whereas it can be fun for one session don't base your whole thing on it you're not gonna progress
1: but interesting
0: um yeah dan got any news anything you want to say
1: uh no other than obviously if you want to check out my amazing instagram as we've talked about it <laughs> i am at dan Teambox, so you can go and check it out leave some comments leave some uh leave some you know some trolling in there if you want uh it's always it's always well received um so yeah other than that no um obviously i'm off uh thursday the podcast should still go on and head fine because i'm still got access to the internet which is probably better than the one i've got at home There's at the moment the internet so we're in, good where are you going? qatar wow yeah mate internet yeah well it will be hotel internet so i don't know how good the speed's gonna be but yeah, like i said be it's be probably better than, so. better than better than better than here so <laughs> <laughs> you'll be fine Um
0: yeah mate if you want to follow me just Dan's tag me in some shit just go through that it's fine um, mm. <laughs> tom.ppl.podcast go through there Um yeah obviously share or like the show I haven't even looked at our uh, where we've been for our five star reviews I know it's still that four star one I know we've got over 50 plus which is pretty decent definitely more than 50 foot like <laughs> listeners but yeah I think we should do a mailbag mail mate, and just read them all out, read all the nice reviews out. We can just read, We can read uh, Harry's a lot, so it's lit. absolutely it's lit. yeah, yeah. It's lit. <laughs> all right, And on that note, um, we will catch you next week.